Oh, come on and love him now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, great and mighty God. Thank you, holy, holy, holy King. I give you praise, Lord. And everybody said praise the Lord. All right. Time now for Brother Mills to come, and we're so glad that he and his wife are here to be with us this year. Okay? Give God a big hand as he comes. God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. You may be seated in the name of the Lord tonight. Amen. I am glad that I have never seen the righteous forsaken. David said he's never seen his seed begging for bread. I'm glad tonight that no matter what we face, we serve a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can possibly ask or think. Amen. What kind of imagination do you have tonight? What kind of an imagination do you have tonight of what God can do for you? Oh, God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, praise God. You may be seated. Amen. I'm going to make a covenant with you right now. Amen. If you stand, you sit when you want to. Is that all right? I'm not going to say stand, sit. But I feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. I told Brother Feld he was mighty kind to invite us to come. I appreciate it. He has tolerated us for two days now, allowed us to use his vehicle and run all over the state of Florida. We've been to Orlando. We've been to Sunrise, uh, Florida, just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And we're glad to be here tonight. It was 29 years ago this coming August that uh, Sister Mills and I left the state of Louisiana headed for the state of Florida with two revivals scheduled, one in Hatchbend, Florida, with Brother Larry Newman at the time, and one with Brother uh, Tumman in Eagle Lake, Florida. Along the way, there were some folks that showed up at the meeting in Eagle Lake and invited us to come and preach a youth explosion at Ruskin, Florida. And when we went there, we preached, and they had us to stay. They would only invited us for one night. I told Someone later that if my wife had known we left Louisiana with only two meetings scheduled in Florida, she would have never left. But I, I, I she got it. She willingly got in that suburban with that travel trailer, and we drove and we drove and we met. We met some of the finest people. We met brother and sister Dunn and brother and sister Kennedy and brother and sister Fail and several others, and we ended up staying until Christmas. We headed home uh, just a little before Christmas and I ended up preaching several, several weeks. Brother Kennedy was kind enough to take a chance and have me come his place and in Arcadia, and we had a great time there. Uh, but uh, as my wife has said, the Cooks have been friends for 29 years this coming August, just a long friendship. And we can't come to Florida without at least seeing them and visiting with them. But I, as we sat and visited last night, I thought, uh, Brother Feld came to the revival in Hollywood. I believe Brother Timmons was pastoring there at the time. And we didn't know them. They didn't know us. And we allowed our daughters to leave and go home with them from Hollywood, Florida, up here to spend the night in Belle Glade and to ride a horse the next day with their daughter. And uh, our friendship with Brother Feld has been... Uh, Probably not as close as the one with the cooks, but we have tried to stay in contact and on the 
New Year's Eve, I, I just felt like while I was driving to Marshall, Texas, that I should call Brother Phil, speak to him for a moment. And he said, believe it or not, I've been trying to find your phone number in amongst all of my stuff. Well, I didn't know all the stuff until I got to the ministry house. You may never find that card if it's in that stuff. <laughs> Praise God. But there's a lot of stuff. And, uh, and uh, I have been, uh, Sister Cook calls it pl plundering through. i just been looking and seeing. And there's, there's a couple of desks in there that I could get them on the airplane. I'd take them home with me. Praise God. There's just some beautiful things. But Brother and Sister Feld, I, I remember coming a few years back and possibly preaching this same conference at that time and had a great time, and it's been a while since we've been here. But thank you so much for allowing us to come. I hope uh, that I cannot just preach a sermon. We've, we hear a lot of sermons, and our lives are never changed. Tonight... If you will help me, I want to preach, I hope to preach a message that will change our lives. I, I believe that we're living in a world that is full of distractions. We're living in a world that is, uh, it doesn't matter what, what, what's going on in life. We just live in a world full of distractions. Uh, the uh, things that have been going on in Ferguson, Missouri, the things that have been going on in uh, various parts of the country, the killings in New York City, the things that are taking place just lets me know that there is a distraction that the enemy would like for us all to get caught up into and not do what God has called us to do and not be the people that God has called us to be. And uh, as I was uh, thinking about all of those distractions, my son-in-law my youngest daughter's husband is a uh, state trooper in the state of Louisiana. And uh, he has been uh, under quite a uh, stressful time since all of those things are going on. Seems if a law enforcement agent pulls an individual over, uh, that individual, ha due to the things that have been uh, going on, they just feel uh, empowered to speak to and talk to these enforcement officers however they want to say what they want to, threaten their lives, do whatever they uh, feel like doing. And, and so I have uh, prayed for my son-in-law uh, quite regularly of late, uh, saying, God, please do not allow him to become so distracted of what's going on that it would end up costing him his life. Because those two grandbabies that my wife talked about and my daughter, they need a husband that comes home. They need somebody that will provide for them and take care of them. And uh, so it is tonight from the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 13 through 18. I'd like to minister to you if the Lord will help me and if you will help me. Um, it's all right if I move this over, uh, if you don't mind. And it, let me say tonight, it's good to see Brother and Sister Kennedy, Kennedy and Sister Cook and, and all of you. I've met some of you when I was here before, Brother Hopper. Lord bless you. It's good to see you again tonight. And I appreciate the blessings of the Lord that I feel. But from the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 13 through 18. I don't know your custom here, but would you stand with me tonight as we break the word of the Lord open to us tonight. Amen. Mark, chapter 8, verses 13 through 18. And I'm like Brother Kennedy. My mind is not quite as sharp as it was 30 years ago, and so I have to use notes now. 
And so you forgive me if I refer to these quite often tonight, but uh, I want to preach to you a message entitled, Eliminate the Distractions. Eliminate the Distractions. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8, verse 13, And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among them, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye, because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have your heart, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not. Having ears, hear ye not. And do you not remember? Brother Phil, would you pray tonight and ask God to help us? Yes. <laughs> the open heart. Oh, God. The angels of God stand at attention. The house Lord, of the Lord, I love you tonight. The shield of the Lord God. Be here, O oh God, protecting your people. I pray the word of the Lord will come forth, O oh Lord, and help each and every one of us to receive it. Yes. With meekness, O oh God. Yes, God. That engrafted word, I pray, that's able to save us. I give you praise and glory and honor. In the name that's above every name. Ha. Huh name of Jesus. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. We are living in quite a technological world. We have computers, we have smartphones that are smarter than I am. You can do just about anything. All you've got to do is say Google and tell them what you want and It'll take you exactly to where you want, what you're looking for. Today, Sister Cook's phone that she had, she Googled the address. It took us straight to the motel where my wife's family was staying without any hitches and any, any problems. We were there. But these things that we look at as technology, they can become a distraction. They can get a hold of us, and we can spend more time on Facebook instead of in having our face in the book. Is that all right? Now I, all right. I'm just I'm just going to take my time try to lay a small foundation here. But Sister Cook said that she had taken her grandkids to uh, a uh, museum of sorts, and and they had walked in, and they it was a had to do with telecommunication. And the thing that they were most infatuated with in that museum was the rotary telephone. It got their attention. They turned it, and you could hear it click. Amen. Most kids don't ever get to see that. They don't know what that is. They got this deal. They can work with their thumbs, and they can instantly get a message to somebody or somewhere. And, and so it is. Tonight, the story that I'm going to relate to you as I begin this message some of you may not have any idea what I'm talking about. But at one time in America, the telegraph was the fastest communication device that we had. Amen. It was the fastest method for distance communication. And so a young man had applied for the job as a Morse code operator at this particular place. 
He went, and there, answering the ad in the newspaper, he stepped into the office uh, where the interview was to take place. And when he arrived, uh, there was a large number of people in the office. Uh, the, the office was busy. It was filled with noise uh, and clatter, including the sound of the telegraph in the background. Uh, a sign on the receptionist counter instructed job applicants to fill out a form and wait uh, until they were summoned to the inner office for their interview. Uh, after a few minutes, the young man sitting there, he stood up. Uh, he crossed the room to enter the, to the inner office, uh, and he opened the door and walked right in. Naturally, the other applicants, that had, they perked up, wondering what was going on. They muttered among themselves, uh, they hadn't heard anyone summoned yet. Uh, they assumed that the young man who went into the office had made a mistake and would be disqualified. Within a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job has just been filled. The other applicants, they began grumbling to each other, and one spoke up saying, Wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last one to come in, and we never got a chance to be interviewed. Yet he got the job, and that's not fair. The employer said, I am sorry, but all the time you've been sitting here, the telegram, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. Praise God. I'm wondering tonight, uh, Brother Kennedy, when you said, uh, have we realized where we're at yet? Uh, amen. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of things going on. Uh, Amen. And the telegraph that God's been trying to get us uh, is saying, come on in. Uh, I've already got your miracle. Uh, I've already got what's yours tonight. Uh, but we've been distracted by too many things. Uh, too many things are keeping us uh, from seeing what God wants us to see. Uh, I don't know that it was because the other applicants did not under understand uh, was being telegraphed, but they evidently could not hear uh, amen, what was going on. The job was his. Uh, amen. It belonged to the young man because he tuned out everything else uh, and listened to what was going on in the background. Uh, tonight, if I could just tune every... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. If I could just tune everything else out... Uh, if I could just make up my mind tonight, God, it doesn't matter if I make it to the restaurant. It doesn't matter if I have fellowship. But what does matter tonight, God, is that I hear your voice when you begin to speak. Because I do not want to be like Jacob. I don't want to say later that the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. I want to know that I was in the presence of the Lord. I want to know that I wasn't distracted by the other things that were going on around me. Praise God. There are some interesting things about this story that I related to you tonight. This young man, he was not the first one there. Amen. There were probably men that had higher qualifications sitting there in the room. 
There were men that were probably better dressed. Maybe they were comparing themselves among themselves and touting in their own qualifications. I am this and I am that. I've got this and I've got that. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, we have been distracted by way too many things. Amen. We have been distracted on trying to preach the best sermon, sing the best song, when all we got to do is talk about Jesus. When all we got to do is preach Acts 2.38. When all we've got to do is get back to the basics. Oh, my God, help me tonight. Amen. I don't care how many doctorates you have at the end of your name. I don't care what kind of education you've got. Peter, James, and John were ignorant and unlearned fishermen, but they had to take knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with an education. There's nothing wrong with having a degree. But today we get distracted from what we are really supposed supposed to be doing we are going to miss out on what God is trying to tell the church amen the enemy's out to deceive us the enemy's out to destroy us but in the background there's still a still small voice that's saying come ye out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord praise God Praise God. I'm sure, I'm sure that there were those sitting there in that office that felt that they deserved the job and were telling each other why they deserved it. I don't know why Brother Fail would have me come because I see him and Brother Kennedy and these other ministers sitting here that probably are more qualified and have the ability to preach much better than I. But I want tonight to know that I've heard from heaven. I want you to hear from heaven. I want you to eliminate the distractions long enough to get your miracle and to get what God has for you. I know tomorrow we will continue on amen, in the things of life. The electric bills, the water bills, the house notes, the car payments, they will all be due and we will be looking them and saying, God, how am I going to do it again for another month? But tonight, amen, while we are in the house of God, Let's forget about the bills for a moment. Let's forget about the distractions of life. Let's forget about the stuff. And let's get into the presence of Almighty God. For surely the presence of the Lord is here. Do you know where you're at yet? Have you heard the telegraph tapping out? Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Praise God. Praise God. They were arguing about who was right for the job and who wasn't maybe, and they missed it uh, altogether. But the young man, the last one in the office, uh, he didn't get caught up in their conversation. Uh, he didn't get up in what was go- caught, caught up in what was going on around him. Uh, he didn't tell him about his pedigree. He didn't tell him about who he was. Uh, even in the background, he could hear Amen, that telegraph, uh, punching out the letters. Uh, Amen, I don't know how long it took him, but right in a few moments, uh, he walks right in the office, uh, and he come out with a job. Uh, The reasons why this young man got the job is because he was listening for the right voice. Uh, He had eliminated all the distractions. He had eliminated all the outside influences. Uh, 
Amen. Sometimes we got our eyes, amen, on something we ought not have them on. Amen. We've created isms and schisms among us. Amen. Comparing ourselves one to another. Amen. We compare ourselves one to another. We are not wise. Amen. It doesn't matter tonight. If you're a God-called preacher, amen, preach the word. If you can sing, sing. Amen. Don't try to be like somebody else. Just be yourself and know that God has called you. He's got his hand on you. Don't be caught up in the distractions. Don't be caught up in the outside influences. Amen. Too many times others are preoccupied with other conversations. The reason why many people are being deceived in this last day and being drawn away from the truth is they're listening to voices. Amen. That once held the truth and now are saying that's not necessary and this is not necessary and that's not necessary. I'm here to tell you if it was necessary on the day of Pentecost, it's still necessary today. Amen. What must we do? Amen. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't change from one generation to the next. Amen. Shaking my hand and signing a card is not going to save you. You've got to be born again. Amen. In an altar, crying out with godly sorrow unto repentance. To Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. There was a, this small, unintrusive voice of the telegraph machine. Went and noticed by everybody else, but he noticed it. Amen. Even though the quietest sound. Amen. It was the quietest sound. It was the most important sound in the room. Amen. What was coming across that telegraph was more important Anything else that was going on, when you're in the house of God, there is nothing more important uh, than that still small voice that you're hearing uh, speak to you and saying, come on up a little higher. Praise God. I feel the Lord. Amen. Brother, Brother Feld, I feel the Lord here right now. I wish somebody would eliminate all the outside influences, all distractions. Forget about who's sitting beside you, in front of you, or behind you. Forget about who's on the platform and who's not. Forget about who sang and who didn't sing. Eliminate all the distractions tonight and turn your eyes upon Jesus. For in turning your eyes upon Jesus, you can look full into his wonderful face. Amen. The ones tonight that will hear the still small voice of Jesus Christ in our generation are the ones that's going to eliminate the distractions. You're going to eliminate the things that keep you from the presence of God. You're going to make Him first in your life. You're going to lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset you. You're going to run with patience the race that is set before you. I come to preach to the apostolic church tonight amen and all the guests that are here that their hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love him with all your heart your mind 
Come on, somebody. Amen. Eliminate the distractions tonight and make up your mind right now. I'm going to get what I came for tonight. I didn't come for a fashion show. I didn't come tonight to see who's going to have the best hairdo. I came tonight, amen, to see Jesus Christ face to face and to hear his voice. Those disciples, they knew they had been with Jesus. If we could learn to block out the outside influences and concentrate on God and on what he's saying amid all the clutter and the hubbub of everyday life, Amen. We have all had people say something to us. Amen. When we are daydreaming or otherwise preoccupied. Ever had that happen? I've been sitting and my wife's been just talking. And then I had to say, well, well, I heard you. But what did you say? Amen. You know what? We really didn't hear them. What we really, what we really should say is, I heard you, but I didn't understand you. I heard you talking, but it didn't register with me. I knew you were talking to me, but my mind was preoccupied with other things. And I didn't understand what it was that you wanted me to hear. A young man was riding in the pickup truck with his father-in-law. And his father-in-law, and he said something to him. And uh, his father-in-law answered him and said, I didn't understand what you said, son. The doctor has told me I've lost 50% of my hearing. And I can hear, but I just don't understand sometimes what has been said. Amen. I can still hear. Thank God for that. But then he went on to say, this really stuck with him. The only way I can really understand what someone says if I am looking directly at them when they are speaking. The only way that you'll understand what God is saying is to be looking directly at him. When he's talking to you. The Bible said that Moses spoke with him. Face to face. (laughs) And he was a friend of God. Come on now. I feel the presence of the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. Sometimes, amen, we are in Jacob's situation because Jacob didn't speak face to face with him that night. He just rested that night and he knew that when he woke, uh, there was something different about the place. And he said, surely the presence of the Lord was here. And I knew it not. A lot of times we come to church uh, and we know that we're supposed to feel the presence of God. And we know that the singers are supposed to take us into his presence. Uh, And we know we're supposed to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Uh, But something else has got our attention. And we're not hearing what God really wants to say to us. We're not understanding it because we haven't come face to face with him. Amen. I have preached messages and I have had people completely misunderstand what I preached. Amen. And they blew it out of proportion. And Brother Kennedy, it wasn't long until I was the worst preacher in the world. It wasn't long till I didn't know what I was talking about. Amen. In our city in Minden. Amen. Where I pastor and have for almost eight years now. Amen. And I've been there. And and we become known as the church that has standards. That's all they know about us. They don't ever come to see what's really going on. All they know is that Brother Mills, he's tough. He don't believe. As a matter of fact, it's been said, he don't believe that air is even clean. 
And that's not the way it is, Brother Feld. I, I, I haven't preached that hard, but they don't even come. They don't even look at us. They don't even check it out and see. Somebody misunderstood what I said. Somebody wasn't paying attention. All they heard was what they wanted to hear. All they heard was a reason not to come to church. Uh, all they heard was a reason to stay away from God. Uh, all they heard was it's too hard to be an apostolic. Uh, I've come to tell you tonight it's not too hard uh, to be an apostolic when you look him face to face. There's nothing worth uh, there's nothing worth holding on to in this world when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The thing is, we have become distracted and we no longer know what the Savior wants from us. We have heartedly lived for God. And so it is tonight. Amen. We need to be looking directly into the face of God when He is speaking to us. And for, in order for us to hear God, we must remove all the distractions we got to get our eyes on Him. Uh, I guess the greatest illustration of it all is in the Word of God. Uh, in Isaiah 6, chapter 1, uh, when it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne uh, high and lifted up, uh, and His train filled the temple. The Lord had been sitting there a whole time for the hopper. Amen. He hadn't moved from that pout, that uh, spot place where he was sitting uh, and moved from sitting on the circumference of the earth. Uh, heaven was still his throne and earth was still his footstool the whole time. Uh, but Uzziah had become a distraction to the prophet of God. Uh, but when he died, uh, amen, Isaiah's eyes could no longer see Uzziah, but he could see the Lord, and his train was filling the temple. The power of God was moving, and he saw the doorpost shake, and he saw the angels crying, Holy, holy unto the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, some of you need to get your Uzziah out of your life. He needs to die tonight. He needs to be buried, and your eyes need to see the Lord for whom he really is. He is high and he is lifted up and his train is filling this house tonight. There's a telegraph saying your problem is not too big for me. Your mountain is not unclimbable. Your valley is not too deep. I am God. I am the one that will walk with you and talk with you and be with you but you got to eliminate the distractions, elimination of the distractions is what must take place in our lives. Praise God. And so it is. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, his train filling the temple. He, above it, he saw the seraphims. They each had six wings. With twain, they covered the face, and with twain, they covered the feet. With twain, they did fly. And one cried unto another, saying, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. What a move of God. All it took was him getting his eyes off of an old earthly king and getting them back on the king of kings. Then said Isaiah, Woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. <laughs> and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken 
with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it on my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity has been taken away, and thy sin is purged. All I heard, also I heard the voice of the Lord. He'd been a prophet in Israel for 60 chapters. But on this occasion, he said, I heard the voice of the Lord. Some of us have been around the church a long, long time. It's been a while since we've heard the voice of the Lord. Because we have become distracted by too many things. But Isaiah said, Lo, I also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. King Uzziah had become a big distraction. Uzziah is a contraction of Azariah, which means the Lord is my strength. One of Amaziah's sons, whom the people made king of Judah in his father's stead, his, his long reign of about 52 years was the most prosperous except for that of Jehoshaphat since the time of Solomon. He was a vigorous and able ruler, and his name spread abroad even to the entering end of Egypt. In the earlier part of his reign, under the influence of Zechariah, he was faithful to Jehovah. And the Bible says he did which was right in the sight of the Lord. But toward the close of his life, the Bible said his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And he wantonly in, invaded the priest office and entering the sanctuary proceeded to offer incense on the golden altar, overtaking a place that he should not be in. As Uriah the high priest saw the tendency of such a daring act on the part of the king, with a band of 80 priests, he withstood him, saying, It apprehended not unto you, it, it pertained not unto the Uzziah to burn incense. The Uzziah was, struck, was suddenly struck with a leprosy, while in the act of offering this incense, and he was driven from the temple. He was compelled to reside even outside the city in a several house until the day of his death. He was buried in a separate grave in the field of the burial which belongs to the kings. He couldn't even get proper burial because he had lifted himself up in the place of God, and he distracted the prophet from being able to see the Lord. Tonight, church, we've got to be careful that we don't be dis get distracted. Whenever my wife said that her nephew was in Guyana, what well, you have to re remember, there's two Guyanas. Guyana over in Africa, and that's not where they're at. They are in Guyana, South America, where Jim Jones took all of those people. And there they are in that, in that area trying to preach this gospel with all of those things that took place. That from this man. But this man was a distraction. These people at one time, they loved God. They believed in God. They may not have had all the truth, but they allowed a man to distract them from what they were actually to be worshiping. And they began to worship him. They began to put their trust in him to where he was able to convince 987 people to get on a plane, get on planes and leave the United States of America and go to Guyana, South America. I'm here to tell you, folks, we got to keep our attention from being distracted from where it's supposed to be. The Bible declares that if an angel comes and preaches any other gospel, 
than what we delivered to you at the beginning. Let him be accursed. There's a lot of people running about around me claiming to be angels of the church today. They're claiming to be prophets. They're claiming to be telling the truth. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, if they're not preaching this one God, tongue-talking, apostolic, holy roller, heaven-bound, born-again, believing gospel of Jesus Christ, then I am not to bid them Godspeed. Uh, we have patted way too many people on the back. Uh, I had one of the ladies in our church a few months ago. Her daughter has her daughter has left her husband and, and gone to be with another man. And, and she was talking to me about the situation and said, this man that she has gone to be with is a good Christian man. And I stopped her right in her tracks. I said, no ma'am. He may go to church, but he's not a Christian man. Because a good Christian man will leave another man's wife alone. Well, am I in the right place or not? Am I in an apostolic church or not? Amen. We have used the term Christian way too loosely. Amen. The Bible says that if we are his disciples, we will keep his commandments. We will walk in his statutes. Uh, we will do what he said to do. Uh, amen. And so today, I'm here to tell you, I don't use the term Christian. Uh, amen. For just anybody that walks into my life. Uh, if they don't believe what I believe, I don't think they are. Is that all right? And don't get mad at me. Don't leave today saying, Brother Mills, don't think anybody else is going to heaven. That's not what I said. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be Christ-like. Uh, you're going to have your attention on Him. You're going to live right, walk right, talk right. Oh, my, my, my. Praise God. Brother Kennedy, you asked me to preach to you tonight. I hope this is what you were wanting. Praise God. I'm here to tell you. Amen. We need to be careful. We must not exalt ourselves. Even John the Baptist, when he could have been exalted to the highest in Israel than anyone had been exalted since Moses. He looked at his followers and said, I must decrease so that he can increase. What are you hearing tonight? What are you hearing? Isaiah learned that the position was not what he should be seeking. Uzziah gave him a position, and when he got the position, he lost the sight of God. I want you to see Isaiah's threefold vision as I'm going to hurry to a close tonight. I'm not anywhere near through, but I'm going to hurry to a close. I want you to notice what, he said, what happened. When the man who had taken care of him died, Isaiah turned to the Lord. And this is when he received his vision. I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. And lifted up. When the distractions were lifted up, he finally saw the Lord. When I stop leaning on the arm of flesh, I will see what God can do for me. You know, we've all got problems. Anybody here without a problem tonight? Anybody here without a need tonight? But many times we come to this altar, we're we're drawn to the presence of God, we, we, He's got our attention for a moment, 
We bring our problems and our needs and we lay them on the altar. But we no sooner get up from here and head out the door and we pick them back up and we say, I'll fix it, God. I can take care of it myself. And I'll try. But if you ever just leave them there, God will take care of them. You just got to leave them there. You got to let go of it. Say, God, I can't do it. When I learned to stop leaning, looking to the armor flesh, I saw the Lord. And I saw what he could do for me. He not only saw the Lord, but he saw himself. And he realized that he was unclean. A man of unclean lips. Israel was a nation of unclean people. And he began to repent. I am undone. He had drifted so far away from God. Giving all of his attention to Uzziah. That he couldn't see how far he had drifted from God. But all the time in those 60 chapters of God moving and God showing things, he never really saw God until Uzziah was taken off the scene. Tonight, many of us have lost our confidence in God because someone has failed or somebody has stepped away or somebody. But if you get your eyes back on the Lord, you'll find out he's never failed. He's never forsaken. He's never let you down. He, oh God, help me right now. Help me right now, God, to understand, oh God, that if I get my eyes back on you, you are the one that never leaves us and never forsakes us. You are the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You are my refuge that I can run into and be safe. You are my sword. You are my shield. You are my manna when I'm hungry. You are my water when I'm thirsty. I must eliminate the distractions tonight so that I can see what needs to be done. There's a job that's open tonight. The advertisement has gone forth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad we know the name. And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I'm glad I understand baptism. Then said he unto the disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. That's the job. Amen. Or that's the call. That's the position. And the job is to reach the lost tonight. Whatever the cost is. Whatever I've got to give up. Oh, come on. we got a job to do tonight, Apostolic Church. we got a job to do. Amen. There's a job to do in Arcadia. There's a job to do in Lake Placid. There's a job tonight that has to be done here in Belgrade and in Fort Myers. Amen. There's a job that has to be done in the state of Florida, in the state of Louisiana, in the United States of America. There's a job that has to be done around the world. And it only be done by those 
that have eliminated the distractions and made up their mind. What are my benefits for working this job? It is that if I lose my own soul, what would I give in exchange for it? For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The life insurance policy, the life insurance policy in living for God is out of this world. It's out of this world. The other day, my grandson was sitting with me in my truck. He's, he'll be 20 this May. My oldest grandson, not the little bitty one she was talking about. My oldest grandson, he'll be 20. He's in his third year of college at Louisiana Tech. He... He was sincere as he could be, Brother Fell. He looked at me across the truck and he said, Papa, me and Julie, that's his wife, we're, we're worried about y'all. We're worried about your retirement. We're worried about you not, you not being able to do anything after a few more years and not preach like you've always preached. Y'all can tell I've slowed down some, can't you? Not quite as rambunctious as I was 30 years ago, but... but uh, he, he was as sincere as he could be. He said, Papa, I know you've always wanted me to be a preacher. And I said, Kai, that's, that's not true. I haven't always wanted you to be a preacher. I've just wanted you to live for God. That's all I've really wanted. And he, he stopped me and he said, I understand. But he really won't want to talk about that. He said, you've always wanted me to be a preacher. And I said, no. He's, and he said it again. You've always wanted me to be a preacher. But I'm getting my education. I'm going to know how to deal with finances because he's getting a degree in accounting. And he said, whenever I get out of school and I get my degree and I get all set up, I'm going to take care of you. He said, I may never preach. I may never do what you want me to do. But I'm going to take care of you. And I said, let me remind you one more time, Kai. I, it doesn't matter to me if any of my children are in the ministry. It doesn't matter to me if they ever preach the word of God. I just want them all to live for God. I don't want them to be distracted by the things of this world. If you call me tonight and tell me that you prayed back through the Holy Ghost and you're going to start attending church regularly, that would be the greatest thing you could do for Papa. That's the investment. That's the only investment worth making in people is to do that. It's not the most educated nor the best dressed. It's not the one with the most impressive pedigree or heritage. There are preachers that, are, that they call name brand preachers. I'm just an old generic off the shelf. But tonight I've tried to eliminate the distractions so that I can hear the voice of God. No matter how loud the noise may be, no matter how much clatter and hubbub may be going on around me. God, i got to hear your voice. i got to hear from heaven. I've got to feel your touch tonight. Amen. I've got to feel your touch tonight, God. I've got to know tonight that there's a clear sound. Amen. The Bible said that if the trumpet make an unclear sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? I'm hearing a clear sound tonight that's calling us back to the old rugged cross. It's calling us back to our first love. It's calling us back. Amen. To where we anoint our eyes with our salve. Where we buy clothes. 
Amen. Where we buy gold has been tried in the fire by him. Come on, there's somebody in this place that the distractions of life have almost pulled you to the side. But tonight in the room, God's telegraph from heaven is saying, Come on, I got a job for you to do. Come on, I got something. I wonder who will be the first one out of their seat to this altar saying, God, here am I. Use me. I'm putting in my application for the job because I heard your voice. I heard your voice. I heard your voice. I heard your voice tonight, God. Amen. The Bible said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. Come on. Who's going to be the next one out at this altar saying, I hear your voice tonight, God. I'm eliminating the distractions of life. I'm eliminating the distractions of life tonight, God.